0: Welcome to the Mindful Surfer podcast with myself, Will Foster, and my lovely co-host, Liam Morgan. Hello. Mate. How did that
1: sound? That was like a posh, hello. Hello. Welcome to the
0: Mindful Surfer podcast. Welcome to the Mindful Surfer podcast with myself, Will Wilbur Foster. <laughs> Where's my accent going there? I don't know. Who knows? I don't think we're going to get any voiceover G- work anytime soon. G- generally, accents end up tending to sound just roughly Jamaican by the end. Most people, when they do an accent of anything.
1: Or Cockney or whatever. Now, here is a tangent that's non-surfing, talking of accents. Do you ever read, for anybody that's listening as kids, or maybe you just like reading stories to children, but I read this book about The Diary of a Pig... And essentially, this book has a moral sort of, you know, the, there is a moral attached to it. And I don't want to spoiler alert here if anybody's <laughs> desperately wanting to not <laughs> know the end of this book before they read it. It's to encourage children towards vegetarianism. But the pig has a fairly identifiable, from the way it's written, I think, this may be just me being a, a northerner living in the southwest, a west country accent. So I read the whole book to my uh son who has, has a slight West Country accent anyway, in like Devonian, full Devonian.
0: Y- you've got to do it now.
1: I, I don't know if I, I I really can, you know, but it was along those lines.
0: <laughs> May not you, bad.
1: You know, not, something like that.
0: Not bad. If
1: that's what a pig sounds like. How it's writing the diary in the first place, I don't know, but that's what books are, aren't they? They're a leap of imagination. That's it.
0: And uh, the little one loved it. We have an amazing amount of accents in this country. And um, I don't know if they have the same in other parts of the west but i know now, obviously the states in america that's there's some yeah. serious variation in accents accents are, are fascinating. fascinating great the,
1: rich tapestry of the same place having different those even those differences in the idiosyncrasy yeah. of language is that what the word i want am looking for something like, that. Um, something like that but there we go is are we doing a uh, podcast on yeah, uh, what are we... language the mindful mindful diction
0: something corner yeah. It seems to be going that way. What um? What is the news, dude? What well, is- well, the
1: news is we have a great... We have a talking of accents. We have a wonderfully rich, deep-sounding uh, guest on today's show. Elizabeth Sneed, the curvy surfer girl, dropped in for a chat. So that's coming up. And in that, we look at everything from authenticity, image, empathy, getting the right kit, surfing, surf journey, safety, all of that stuff wrapped into one. So that's coming up. But uh, the other news is... Well, you've been down surfing in Cornwall, and haven't you? Yeah. Getting getting good waves, and I've been just sat just
0: at home. Twiddling your thumbs. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Waiting to record this show and talk about we, kids' books.
0: We did. It was good. It was a romantic getaway with my wife and I, which involved me surfing for, you know, eight hours each day for the two days. You know, that gets a few giggles and sometimes some strange looks from other people. But the thing about relationships is that you and the person you're with have a way of making it work that's yours. And my wife's always been super happy just reading and going for walks on the beach and things like that. And and people go, yeah, but does she not want to surf? And she don't want to spend more time with you? Well, no. And um, it's always worked for us. And and what's lovely is, because I have... These breaks away from her, surfing, when I then see her again for like, let's say lunch or or whatever, there's that little lift of like, you know, we talk about stuff and it's kind of like, oh, nice, nice, real nice to see you. And we chat and and all that kind of stuff. really in a roundabout way. That's my way of justifying how much surfing I do.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but there is a, look, there is a mindful uh, theme in this, right? that we talk about a lot and, um, you know, to the Jim Rohn quote, even, you know, <clears> that person within your inner circle, often the very closest person is the one, your lifetime partner, however you choose to take that person along your sort of life journey. And having someone, as some of our memes have said out on social, that supports that unconditionally because of the joy that you as a human get from it is a really important factor to think about when you're pairing up with someone. Because the worst case is that you meet that resistance every time, and then suddenly that enjoyment is taken away from you because of the actions of somebody else that's supposed to be the closest person on the planet, the betrothed, if you like, to you, and therefore should have all of your best interests at heart.
0: Totally agree. One thing I really love about my wife is that there's no tit-for-tat and keeping score. Mm. I'm... (laughs) I'm very, very glad that she does not keep score because the amount of hours I've been surfing while she's been with the kids or. She does keep st-
1: score and it's quite a large Excel spreadsheet, I imagine. Uh,
0: yeah, she's <laughs> probably going to d- dish that out at our. Uh, when we're going to see her, like a divorce lawyer or something.
1: What's that, um, darling? That's a really big book you've got. <laughs> this is the tally of how far behind you it's, like, it's
0: like this is your life. You know that big red book? So <laughs> like she whips it out. Da, da, da. This is your surf journal. <laughs> This is how many hours you've been in the water, Will Foster. You fucking selfish barster. No, but it's just, she doesn't keep score. And I think that, so that's true kindness. Kindness is um, just giving someone space to be themselves. Or should I say differently to kindness, it's unconditional love. The conditional varieties, okay, well, because you've done that for three hours, I'm now going to spend the exact same amount of time doing something else that maybe isn't even something that I necessarily am driven and passionate about, but I'm going to do because I've kept the score. And that's the conditions of my love. I think unconditional love is, is of course, way beyond that. And thank God, thank God it is, because if we were doing minutes and hours, I think I'd spend the next sort of 14 years with the kids. Yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> but we're both very lucky in that respect uh, that we have mindfully have partners who have decided to sort of put up with us, choose us as their sort of uh, companions in this uh, world, who do give that space and time. And it's incredibly valuable. And it's, uh, and we, you know, I'm sure I speak for both of us, William, when we say how grateful we are for that very, very unselfish
0: love. That's what it is. It is completely. And the, the funny thing as well is that, um, and this is, this is men or women, this is not a gender topic whatsoever. It's just partners. That people have this thing where they kind of go, they get with someone because they were attracted to that person. And then if the love becomes conditional, they try and change them. But yet, the very reason why they found you attractive is because you were a surfer. And what does it mean to be a surfer? It means to be present, enjoying life, full of zest, full of passion, health, fitness. You've got the aesthetics because you're taking care of your body. The list goes on and on and on. Stoke is in you and all these kinds of things. So why would you then want to change that? That's why you're with that person in the first place. So don't get with someone because so much of why you're getting with them is because of that surf spirit in them. And then try and tell them to do less of what it is that made you attracted them in the first place. So that's something that's always perplexed me. Something that, this is my, um, <laughs> I said this to you on the seafront the other day because we had lots of um, people around that would be listening to this who'd be thinking, well, you're full of shit, man. <laughs> but but I was on the seafront saying um, that, you know, because I was with the kids and we I don't, don't have the topic of conversation got on to how much time I spend in the ocean and whatever, compared to what Al may or may not do, my wife. But I said to him, I said, guys, you don't understand, right? She... Is the luckiest person in the whole world because I bring this thing called Stoke into the house and it fills the house like a lovely smell. Just filters through the whole house and there's a tiny bit of truth in that, but mostly I'm just talking I'm a fucking asshole to be perfectly frank.
1: Hey, well, if nobody has yet come up with the uh, air freshener, the Stoke (laughs) air freshener, now is the time. (laughs) Very much so. The Glade plug-in, William Foster edition. There you go, The smell of Stoke. The smell of Stoke. Speaking of Stoke, yes. How about we have a little chat with Elizabeth Sneed. Hundred percent. It's gonna be surf girl.
2: It's like it's still recovering. I mean, you can see like there's still yeah. Yeah, yeah, some irritation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I mean I've been certain sur- like that day that that happened like because I, I woke up in the morning I was in the ocean for ten hours. And that was just one day of the last two weeks. So I've been averaging three to five hour surf sessions since Kirby Surfer Girl. I'm training like a professional surfer. Yeah. That's incredible. It's been a lot of work. I mean, I think my eye and my body were just like, we can't go in the ocean for a couple days. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Take, Take a break. I mean, we think we're doing well if we do four hours, but then it is freezing here as well.
2: Oh, God. Yeah, I would get hypothermia and die. There's no way. You'd be like, okay. I don't do we get you, we,
0: get you, we get you a decent yeah, wetsuit. So yeah. You'd be fine. Yeah. So where to start, really? Because we've been admirers for some
1: time. You know, you, your content is great. The authenticity, everything about sort of what we're trying to do with this kind of inclusion and, you know, mindful surfing journey that we're taking. You sort of articulate some of our points for us really, really, really well. And sort of your, you know, your stars rising. What is next? You know, you could probably run for president. I expect that would not be a bad (laughs) thing in the current climate. You know,
2: (laughs) it's so funny, you guys. That is something that has stayed with me since childhood. Like, I'm not kidding. I think the first time I heard I was going to be president was when I was three years old. And it has like strangers have met me, sat next to me on airplanes, like rando people my whole life are like, you know, you're going to be the first female president. And I'm like, why would I want that job? But it's like, <laughs> it's been something someone's always said. So I, I have to laugh That's at great. that. When people now that I'm Kirby surfer girl are still saying it because I feel like I've ruined my political career with, you know, like the booty pictures and Lizzo beats and all kinds of the
0: videos. It's only been enhanced. Yes. It's only been enhanced. <laughs> At least in our view, for yeah. sure. We need a yeah. kind of that authenticity would shine
1: shine through. <clears throat> how you know, before you become curvy potus uh girl or whatever it would be, how where did you, you guys how did it start for you and, and what sort of led you to getting to that place of being yourself and having that authenticity and pushing it out there and sharing it with everybody.
2: Um, Before we totally jump into this, I want to say that I listened to your podcast and you guys are fantastic. And I believe it was Will, congratulations on completing that um, turn that you just did yesterday. I loved listening to that, that you were um, surfing for 20 years and had one of the best sessions of your life yesterday.
0: I really appreciate that. That, I'd love to take that, (laughs) Elizabeth. That was actually Liam. I know what you're saying. It's cool. Yes. I do
2: listen to you guys, though. Like, I love how soulful and deep and, like, the kind of topics you explore and how encouraging you are. So, you have a fan here. Like, I do listen to your podcast and I love it. Cool. And what are we? We're episode like what, 20, 16, well, 20, something like that?
1: Yeah, we 18 goes live this week. Okay. We put, we put loads in the bag actually before the end of last year when we were just sort of, we just enjoyed these chats we were having. You know, we, we used to sit on yeah. surf trips going to the beach, and as you will have heard on the show, you know, and uh, Will was like, we've got to record some of this stuff. You know, we get deep and we show our vulnerability as guys as well. Hopefully people will listen and, and, so we started actually way back, but then the release came with coronavirus. In some ways, is that we had more time to spend away from work, and, and that gave us a chance to really sort of push things out there. So, so good to have you along as a listener as well, a fan. I'm going yes, to, I'm going to quote you on you that. You
2: I'm humbled. Awesome. We're
0: humbled. That's yeah. that's incredible. Thank no, you so much. I,
2: I'm a big supporter of people doing stuff that you're doing. I love it, and I love the depth of it. Like I'm a really deep person, so I like to listen to those kind of like you know, spiritual, overtoned vibes where you can start exploring that more abstract thought and mm. feeling connected with surfing. Like, because it is so hard to describe and you just don't get much of that in the surf world. I mean, sometimes you do, like, sometimes people really capture it. And it's like, that's how I feel. Mm. Um, and you guys do that. And so that's why I love listening.
1: Thank you so much. Thank you, Thank you so you much, Elizabeth. You've put me off my train of thought now. We very rarely nice. <laughs> no, nice I know <laughs> and...
2: what the question was. I got you. <laughs> I do this now, like, you know, a couple times a week. Well, I kind of got to take you down the Elizabeth journey to get to the Kirby Surfer Girl journey. Absolutely. So I started surfing um, quite overweight. I was living in Arizona, and that was a desert, and I was allergic to everything in the desert to the point where they had to start, like, removing my tonsils because a lot of the, um, like, pollen and just the different microbes of the desert were attacking me. And so it was rough. Like I ended up gaining a bunch of weight because of that environmental stress factor from being in a desert and just not biologically coalescing with the desert. So, you know, one of my life dreams was to move to Hawaii. And so after five years, I finally managed to do that. And I was 207 pounds when I started. So, I mean, I was like this cute little chunky surfer and um, I didn't care. I mean, you've seen some of the photos that I've posted like when I was at my heaviest and my little like flying squirrel vibes. Um, I just didn't care what I weighed. I was like, I am surfing and this is the most incredible, inexplicable experience of my whole life. And I don't care if I look like Donald Duck doing it. You know, I'm like so happy. Yeah. So that's how I started. And of course, they don't make surf apparel and performance wear for women like us. So any woman up to this point is going to have that shared experience in our demographic. The best we could do at times is like male rash guards. And you'll see, actually, as you continue to watch my journey unfold, like when I do throwbacks, that's what they put me in. They put me in like these men's 2XL rash guards because that's all they had. Mm. So I remember those feelings from when I first started surfing and how nothing would fit me and how I just felt like isolated within that same community. It never stopped me from surfing. Like I know it did stop other women because once they tried it, they were like, I don't belong here. And that was the dialogue that they kept telling themselves. But I had my surf instructor, I had my passion and love for surfing. So I was supported, even when I felt like there were days when I told myself, I'm too fat to surf. And it's a common thing that women, you know, go through, which is, if you do not look like everyone else out there, you become the outlier. And then in your brain, it's like, I can't justify being out there as the only one like me. It's almost, it goes back to like that primitive tribalism. Like if I don't look like my tribe, my tribe could kill, attack me. I'm not going to survive kind of vibe. So it's very like deep in that reptilian subliminal brain that we still have that keeps us, you know, functioning. But we all had to, you know, get through that as Kirby surfers to continue the journey of surfing. And thankfully I had an incredible surf school behind me that when I had those days, they were texting me and they were like, Liz, we'll see you at three o'clock today. And even if I had those moments, I had a level of accountability. So I was showing up. And then after the first six months of my surfing journey, between like the six and 10 month mark, it was really quick. I dropped from 207 to 150. So I was a, I was athletic. Like I was a little bit, you know, like I had some padding on me as I call it, but mm-hmm. I was athletic. Like mm-hmm. you could start seeing my obliques, my abs, like I shrunk. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and um, sorry, I woke up not too long ago, so my throat's like, Can you give us water? <laughs> um, <laughs> so it's early here for me. It's
1: fine. <laughs> if we could pass so you on through the is screen, like, screen what are we would yeah.
2: so anyways, I dropped down to one fifty and I'm like, ooh, I am that fit it girl, right? Like look at me i'm going to the beach in my like little bikinis and i'm rocking it like i'm hot shit you know i felt incredible i was like unstoppable at 150 i'm like y'all don't know what happened you know like, like a supermodel up here and then of course that was not to be my destiny to be like hot sexy little 150 elizabeth right I ended up losing my job, and that put so much tremendous stress on me because I wasn't willing to leave Hawaii. Like Hawaii is my home, you know. I had to have friends literally come to my rescue, and like all these crazy miracles happen to stay. Mm. But I was constantly in a state of really extreme stress, and so you know around. I don't know. It's, I mean, we're in September now, so it's been almost a year, but several months back around January, February, I started gaining weight again and it was nothing I could do about it. Like it wasn't my diet. It wasn't my exercise routines. Like I was still surfing. I was still Mm. doing everything, but I'm pretty sure it was just the extraordinary stress. Mm. And so here I am, you know, at my like sexiest, I feel right. 150. And it just creeping up five to 10 pounds a week, you know, like I was, I couldn't fit into the same clothes at the end of certain weeks, you know, so that's like five to seven days. I was already out of a size bracket. And I finally plateaued at about 175. I was devastated. And I mean, like devastated. Like I went from having this super cute, you know, fit functional body to now I'm going back to where I was when I arrived, which was that 207 number. And I would have like these crying attacks on the phone. I'd be like, I worked so hard to get down and now look at me like I'm heavy and fat again. And I'm so upset at myself. And why is my body sabotaging me? And then comes the, well, what am I going to wear when I go surfing now? Because now I'm back up. And all those options and wonderful swimsuits and rash guards and everything that I wanted to be as a surfer girl disappeared again. And Mm. I I was just like, I just want to be like that fun, cute surfer girl. Like, I want to live that image out that I have in my mind. And I can't at this weight. Like, it's not compatible. That media storyline and what I actually am are not the same thing. Yeah. And so that's when I started really, I'd already been following the body positive movement. I wouldn't wouldn't say that I was totally subscribed to it because I was like, I'm more of an athlete in my mind rather than this like plus size woman that's, you know, not athletic per se. I I don't really know how you describe that. I'm sure everyone knows what I'm talking about though like athlete and plus size don't necessarily go in the same sentence mm. with larger consciousness. Mm. And so I just never really identified to it because I'm like, no, I'm I'm an athlete. I'm surfing. I need like, you know, like my long sleeve suits and I've got, you know, I got a whole different perspective about this. Mm. But then one day I saw a surfer on Instagram that was plus size holding a surfboard and I said, you know, at the level of surfing that they're at compared to where I'm at at this current journey, which I'd been surfing for three years this year when I started Mm. Kirby Surfer Girl. Mm. I'm like, I think that in this body type, as I am, I am a plus size athlete. Like I knew that at that point. Mm. I was like, you know, there's no getting around it. Like that's, Mm. I'm an athlete and I'm heavy. So Mm. (laughs) accept it. So when I saw her, I was like, You know what? I think that I have enough skill that I've accumulated over the last three years as a surfer to be one of the leaders in the body positive space for surfing, which didn't exist outside of Bo Stanley. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I'm going to do it. You know, I just decided like no one's doing it, it doesn't exist. And I love surfing. I want to be out there. I want to tell other women, which I didn't know any other curvy surfers, by the way, like none. Mm. I had not seen any other curvy surfers. I hadn't met any. I mean, it was just like, I knew they were out there because I was out there, but I didn't Mm. know who they were, where they were. They were just hidden, you know? And I knew when I started Curvy Surfer Girl, we would start finding each other and building that community. And that would be the space where we would you know, come together and start having those conversations. So that's a very long explanation of how Kirby Surf and wow. got started.
1: And was there ever a point, Elizabeth, when you felt that you had to go through a sort of a fear barrier or push outside of your comfort zone to do that? Because of this sense, you're absolutely right. We talk about it, this marketed joy, this marketed image. <clears throat> you know, there's a lot of marketed uh, image around surfing that actually becomes exclusive, or traditionally has been up until this point, uh, yep. for all sorts of sections of societies and, and, and the world that we live in. It's, it's not very representative of the types of people that actually do go out and want to surf and enjoy the ocean. Right. So did you, to kind of put that flag in the ground and to become, you know, that sort of, almost that focal point, the starting point of something, you know, you're building something that's got depth and validity and authenticity and, and is a part of the real world which we all live in, not this marketed world that we see. Often, was there ever a point when you felt you couldn't do that, or it was you—you you, know—you were too fearful, or it was too far outside your comfort zone, or, or was that never a consideration?
2: I was literally petrified. My biggest fear in the whole Kirby Surfer Girl saga wasn't how I looked; it was how I was going to perform as a surfer, mm. and that speaks to the elitism that surfing has perpetuated mm. over the last for sure, 50-plus years. Absolutely. Um, It's this idea that only the best get to be featured surfing. And if you're not in that category, we don't give a shit. Yeah. And there are so many beautiful, deep, inspiring stories of surfers that are not professional elite surfers. Those are the stories that I think I would enjoy reading more than like another issue on John John or another issue on Kelly Slater or another issue on Carissa Moore. All incredible people, but we know their stories. We know they're incredible surfers. And honestly, most of us are never going to get to that level. We haven't been training like Olympian athletes since we were three years old in surfing. Mm. And it makes a lot of people, women and men, feel like surfing is not accessible for them. Or surfing is just something that's, oh, yeah, whatever, I'll try it or I'll do it when I can do it. Like, I can't really appreciate it because I'm not part of that identity of elitism and surf culture that comes with it, right? The body type, the image, you know, the professionalism. And that's something that um, really got to me. I was like, I don't want to show up and tell everyone that I'm a surfer. And then people are like, you know, ha. You think you're a surfer? You Mm. joke. You know what I mean? Mm. Like you've been surfing for three years and you think just because you're a little bit heavier, you're going to come out here and do this body positive surfing thing. Like I was really intimidated by that concept because deep down, I knew when I started this, I was probably going to find that more elite, higher proficiently skilled surfer that was plus size. And I'm telling you, had I seen that, before I started this page, like had I found uh, Maria Marchuka or Sulena Riza or Malia Kaleopaa, or any of those like highly skilled pro surfers, I wouldn't have done it. Like mm. I would have just backed out and been like, well, if that space is covered, like check, you know, moving on. I'll just go to my little surf break and call it a day. <laughs> but I didn't see them. I wasn't aware of their existence. And it helped me psychologically because I felt like there was space for me as I was to start this movement. But like I said, I mean, I was extremely afraid that I was going to be laughed out. And especially with the surf photographers Mm. because surf photographers don't surf they don't photograph mediocre surfers. Like Mm. that's not a thing that they're doing, (laughs) you know, like Mm. they're making money off of photographing elite surfers, right. Mm. For the magazines and for the um, products that they've created and are pushing for the big corporations. And so that was another issue. I'm like, how am I going to get the images I need to start the movement so that people can see us surfing yeah. and it was tommy peruki that said yes to me you know and mm. he's one of the best surf photographers in the world right now mm. like mm. he's got so many covers of magazines and his photography is exquisite his editing style mm. his composition i mean tommy is one of the best of the best
1: Big respect. and
2: that's who i reached out to i'm like i'm going straight to the top and i will wear these men they're all men <laughs> i mean there's a few female surf yes. photographers yeah. but let's be honest they're all men yeah. you know like with a few outliers of women yeah. that do surf photography
1: bravo for that because you know we yeah. we, we talk about this seth godin who is a, a, a guy, an american guy actually who writes a lot about marketing generally and, and sometimes life but we we really like this idea of his that You should never just wait for the tap on the shoulder to be told it's your turn to do something. And in doing that, you embody that kind of philosophy. So that's great. Well done. so cool. Elizabeth,
0: Elizabeth, I've got to ask you a question just about um, being a beginner, like going, you've been surfing for three years. I'd love to know. um, We have a lot of listeners who tune into the show who are in that beginner realm or who just want to improve and just enjoy the ocean more. How did you find it going into the lineup? Like specifically when you paddled out into a lineup where it was getting a bit competitive and it was crowded and and people were looking at you. How did you find like going through that territory? How did you manage it mentally, emotionally?
2: I shook a lot. Like, I mean, (laughs) I was shaking. I shouldn't laugh really, but... (laughs) No, I'm not joking. Like the anxiety, I needed like Zoloft out there. You know what I mean? And tequila. (laughs) Like it was... (laughs) It was horrible, honestly. Like, I'm not sugarcoating this. Um, (laughs) I remember having full-blown panic attacks in those really competitive lineups. Like, when I started surfing Queens, I had no idea what I was getting myself into. Like, Queens is the professional longboarding surf break. You don't go to Queens unless you know how to surf. Fortunately for me, because I built this incredible relationship with Tommy... That is his break. My break is Publix, which is this, it's known to be this really aggressive uh, reef. Like the reef will come through, you know, the surface. And so a lot of surfers won't surf there. But that's where I learned how to surf. So that was my home break. And it was a left And it's a beautiful wave, but just psychologically, people can't get over how close to the reef you are. Mm. Um, And of course, you know, you get cuts and scrapes from it, but it's manageable. It's not like pipeline where that reef will kill you. You know, it's (laughs) manageable. So Tommy was like, Elizabeth, you know, if you really want to start getting big into the surf scene, like I want you to stay close to me and I want you to start paddling out and surfing with me at Queens. He's like, you know, I also started surfing at. Publix and now I'm part of the Queens crew I didn't realize what I was even getting into I'd never really really surfed Queens so when I got to Queens there's like 50 people concentrated in this extremely small pocket because their wave is not a long wave like Publix and canoes those are long waves with multiple takeoff points Mm -hmm. but Queens is an A wave it's an A-frame wave Mm -hmm. so there's only these certain spots that you can be in to even catch it and there's so many competitive professional legends, okay? Like not even just the current WSL Mm. longboarders, but like generations of champion WSL longboarders in a single space. And to say that you're intimidated is quite literally an understatement. It's enough to seriously make you sit there, hyperventilate, shake. And at some point, you know, one of the aunties, one of the uncles, one of the good surfers is like, Go! And you go. You know what I mean? There's no hesitating. You just turn around and you paddle and there's so many people in front of you that you have to like weave, bob and weave through, but you do it and you keep showing up. And that's what I've been doing at Queens and... This is a relatively new phenomenon for me, like surfing in a crowded spot with extremely great surfers. I mean, you see me with Nika and yeah, I mean, those are the people I'm surfing with now. <laughs> so Whoa, it's I quite love a that. shift. And that's great. Uh, that's I great, great love for you,
1: that story. Isn't it? Great for you. Yeah,
2: it's it's amazing. And I will say, like, don't be afraid to surf with people that are better surfers than you, because that is how you elevate your surfing. In the beginning, it's really intimidating, and you seriously feel like shit about yourself. It's something that you can't really shake. You know, like you're watching somebody shredding and ripping, and then you're like, me. "You know,
0: like you're, you're not." <laughs> shredding and ripping. I'm, I'm, you crack right right me up, seriously. I got you. We, you really <laughs> make me laugh. because like, <laughs> it makes me think <laughs> of you. Like, we amount of times I'd be in the water with yeah. you. And I'm going, go, dude, go, go, go. Like, he's just having to take these drops, and he's gotten smashed. But then yeah. now, now, he was getting smashed a bit at the start, and he was pulling out a few, but now, <laughs> Liam, you're doing it. Man. And I'm See? older than you guys, so it, it takes... See, it, my, Liam?
1: My body takes time now, to recover. It's, <laughs> it
2: does. Oh, that, yeah, I've had to take three days off because of his shoulder. Yeah. So I'm with you. Yeah. I mean, we're not young, young surfers, but, but we I still have that- a lot of life to live
1: oh we've got But yeah i
2: agree i've taken off on some of the biggest waves of my life in the last month because all those pro surfers are like paddle liz go and i'm like (laughs) (laughs) okay
1: that's what it's all about that is what it's all about i love that braver than i am that's for certain but i think (laughs) to, to, to have people around you who you can learn from that you can but it's gaining access to those people, isn't it? And just because of the feeling of exclusion and exclusivity, it's one of those things mm-hmm. where the access to good surf spots and the access to people who will welcome you in, it's quite cliquey and it's quite oh, it can be aggressively exclusive, can't it? And that's why, in a way, yeah. the journey that you're on and, and the kind of the followers that you're attracting, it's long overdue to just make it very, very inclusive and, and embrace the people that want to come and get the joy out of the the things that we all enjoy but they seem to be right. you know oh hang on this surfing's only for this type of person who lives this close to the beach for the, you know and the, the list goes on and on so you know
2: yeah i will say there is some validity to certain surf spots being exclusive and yeah. i'll say this it's not as a matter of we need to exclude people it's that to surf a certain break you need a certain skill level so you earn your space at that rate. Like Queens, for example, is a very good illustration of this. There are beginner surfers that come out there and are surfing alongside skilled, experienced, professional surfers. And I don't know if you know what happened to Nika, but Nika had her whole thigh sliced open from someone who didn't know how to ride that wave and shouldn't have been out there. And so it also becomes a bit of a safety concern, too, if you're a beginner surfer trying to enter a lineup that you shouldn't be in to begin with. There are beginner breaks and there are waves that you master and then you go to the next one or people naturally invite you as your surfing progresses. So it's not about like excluding for the sakes of excluding. Sometimes you need to put the time, work, energy, and effort in to surf a certain break. And oh, that absolutely. could be why you experience pushback or resistance mm-hmm. if your skill is not in alignment with that break.
1: It's a, it's a great point because we, we say this on the show, there's a difference between comfort zone and safety zone and right. uh just making sure you don't confuse the two sometimes
0: yeah we talk about this a lot on the show that there's this thing where you know when you're in lineups elizabeth and you've just discussed this now which is what i love about how you talk about things because it's so mindful it's <laughs> it's it's it honestly is it's super balanced because you're not just saying oh just just rock up you know because that's going to get you in trouble mm. and, right. and, I comp- and i completely agree with you here's the thing when we've been at what i've been at to see. What i'm trying to do sometimes if there's a beginner or or someone just getting in the way who isn't really aware of what they're doing because they've never really been told by someone what to do i will if i can get an opening i'll try and do it calmly and just say to them say look dude you know what you're doing is great you you know you're out here having a great time just see if you can be aware of like when you do this thing it's getting in the way of that person and that's doing this thing and doing it calmly now listen i'm not going to say that's easy to do because sometimes it's i'm full of like having been annoyed by them right but but listen what I want to ask you is, have you ever found yourself amongst other people who have made you feel agitated by, by the fact that maybe they're getting in the way? <laughs> ah, wait, yes. come on, hit me, hit me, I want to hear this.
2: Oh, Oh, what how many? I almost drowned last week because of one of them. Like not joking, ah. inhaled water drowning ah. scenario because of one of these things. Um, I had a, a guy on a 14-foot paddle board. I'm taking off on the takeoff point of the wave, already coming down it, standing up. So here's the wave, here's me. I'm I'm literally standing up, coming down it. 14 foot paddleboarder hits me doesn't even Whoa. doesn't even see me doesn't care i was screaming at him stop get off my wave like not my wave but you know like yes. get off the wave yes. this isn't your wave uh-huh. and he collides into me
0: uh-huh. his
2: board crocodile rolls on top of mine leash wraps me and cinches me against his board and the guy is so oblivious he doesn't realize I'm under his 14-foot paddleboard drowning. Like, I can't get up, you know, so I'm like trying to uncinch the leash by pulling his leg closer to me all underwater and I barely got my mouth out to take a tiny little gulp of air before I got pushed back down from the cinching and then he took a 13-year-old girl out with him too. You know, so definitely, like, have these experiences where people are just, you know, like, sometimes guys or girls, whoever, just a lot of it has to do with inexperience. And I have to admit, like, I also do some dumb stuff, too. Like, occasionally, there's someone who's surfing on the far outside I don't see, you know, coming down the line for the same wave I'm paddling for. So I get it. I try to be very forgiving. But Mm -hmm. there's sometimes, like, one session I had this guy decided to make me an indicator right so like every wave that I paddled for he was like oh I'm gonna paddle for that every single time and he was like right here with me you know just inches apart I'm like dude dude what are you doing what are you doing go get your own waves <laughs>
0: like, it's okay so, yeah, to be assertive, yeah. isn't it? Like it's okay. You
2: have to be. I yeah. mean, what it it's I was that guy and was like, You want to ride, you wanna ride the same wave as me? Hop on. <laughs> 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 I mean, come on, bro. Let's do this. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, it's it gets crazy out there sometimes. And then you have the really good surfers that are just like, What are you doing here? You yeah. know what I mean? Then you get that mm. vibe, and I'm like, calm down, like, you know, turn your testosterone valve down. <laughs> it's you know,
1: it's
2: going to be okay, buddy.
1: <laughs> Is it always men as well, Elizabeth, not to sort of create a joke, gen- because we're all humans doing our best oh. to, to kind of get on, but do you find that the aggression and the the disdain or, the, or, or actually the, the assumption that you're not able to surf there comes largely from that sort of male ego and male crowd that you, you're, you're in?
2: Yeah. I mean, for the most part, it is usually men yeah. that are definitely like being the most aggressive. I mean, all the, for the most part, almost all the women I've encountered have been quite welcoming. They're right. very aware, not yeah. just like, you know, of the space, yeah. but they're aware too. Like they have already thought about 10 different scenarios and things once you've come into the water, yeah. right? They're considering like, How is this person feeling when they're out there? What's their skill level? How can I keep them safe? How can if they're gonna get in the way, how can I herd them out of the way? Mm -hmm. And they do it in ways that's not like cutting your soul, right? Whereas men are just like, get the fuck out of the way! (laughs) What the fuck are you doing? You know what I mean? It's very like different experience or you shouldn't be surfing this break. <laughs> and that's the kind of stuff that slices you and that would yeah. for the wrong person, it would take them out of surfing completely.
0: So what is it you've done, do you think, with your self, however you call that, you know, your personality, your your mindfulness? What is it you, you've done to work on yourself to be that kind of person, Elizabeth? Is that something that comes naturally?
2: Uh yeah, no, this is just me, guys. I don't know how you get this formula.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know? well, this-
1: You 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 guys
2: find the Da Vinci code of this. You let me know.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We'll be bottling it first. Don't you worry. I don't know.
2: It's it's a combination of a lot.
1: (laughs) But You have chosen (laughs) probably the gnarliest place, though, to, am I wrong in thinking this, to to go on this sort of journey of learning to surf, being a, a voice for a community, breaking molds of, exclusion and breaking the sort of the image that marketing tries to put on us from a sort of surfing perspective but from a sort of pure you know waves to learn on you've gone as far into the deep end as you could probably go right
2: (laughs) yeah i'm there i mean like i feel like i'm not ready for the queen's wave to tell you the truth but i kind of feel like The ocean is just like, ready or not, this is the break you're going to surf now. Like, people, like, Tommy constantly invites me out to surf. Nika invites me out to surf. Another fantastic surfer named Ayaka, um, she brings me out. Kim, there's so many of them now that are just so invested in seeing me get better as a surfer so that I can continue to legitimize the movement that they want me to be surfing these more advanced waves. They want me to take risks on the water. They want me on steeper drops, better boards, you know, and they're all coming together to give me wisdom and advice. And that's what's allowing me to progress. But I definitely feel like I'm not at the appropriate level to surf with all of them. I'm like, oh, guys.
0: But, it's clearly benefited you having mentors and people around you who are helping push you in your ability yep. and mindset. What would you say, what advice would you give to someone if they haven't got that in their life, if they're doing it just alone? They or, need to or, get it. Well, exactly. <laughs> like,
2: exactly. But what, no, there's, there's no going from ground zero, right? I don't know how to surf to becoming the kind of surfer that we are by yourself it's very rare Mm -hmm. and it's a story that maybe a few people own because I have met people like that they're like I taught myself how to surf but they also live by the ocean their whole life and you know you got that whole thing going so for people like us I'm like no you need a surf instructor. Like, go get a surf instructor. You're not going to figure out the biomechanics of surfing and how to read waves and when to check the tide and what's the right break. I mean, there are so many layers to surfing that people like us who've been surfing for a while forget about, that the beginners don't even know about. You know, like, think about how many people don't even know when they should be surfing a certain break like Publix you don't really surf at low tide yeah. unless you are a really good surfer yeah. you know or you're going to get a concussion yeah. so these are things that you have to be taught like somebody needs to come in just like when we're children and teach us like how do you sit on a bike how do you pedal the bike how do you get the momentum when do we ride our bike when do we not ride our bike right like there's a whole host and series of things that as a beginner surfer you're just ignorant to. You don't know. And you don't know what you don't know, right? Somebody has to come in and and tell you, this is the etiquette of surfing. The inside surfer goes first and we're on a rotation. And this is where you paddle out to go back around. And this is the kind of wave you want to start looking for on the horizon. These are things that are not just intrinsic. They have to be learned so surf instructors i think are very critical to beginner surfers to keep them safe and to kind of help them enter the surf culture
1: yeah couldn't agree more so i couldn't agree more and that's you know, you, everybody needs a sort of a Yoda in their life as yes. well. Sometimes, you know, uh, Yes. Skywalker could not have done that shit on his no. own.
2: <laughs> Thank you, Amen. Yeah. Like, and, and by the way, in the fact, I'm going to call
0: myself Yoda now. Well, I think I'm going to, <laughs> well, I'm going to choose that for myself. <laughs> Liam's like, no, no, no. I just dude. come. On. That's not you. This, That's not you. And this and this may exist. Maybe
1: John Wayne Freeman's done this, but would he be kook Skywalker if he didn't learn to surf? <laughs> oh
2: my God, I can't. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> very nice can we get this to George Lucas
1: please (laughs) it's got to be better than Matthew McConaughey's surfer dude film if we ever make it
2: anyway I think think
0: so I'd watch it hey hope you're enjoying the show if you connect with what we do here at the mindful surfer why not share it with your friends or go on over to iTunes and leave us a review because the more ratings we have the more likely it is Liam and I can come back week after week and keep building this community of mindful surfers. Now, let's get back to the show.
1: So now I was, uh, there was something, what, what can we do? I mean, there's, there's something here in the sort of mindful surfer movement as well, which uh, we kind of wanted to sort of start and talking about more. And especially as guys that, you know, you don't have to have this sort of huge ego and you you can be vulnerable, and we can be honest about our thoughts, fears, you know everything really that will enable us to sort of step back and start at the beginning and grow as you know surfers, obviously, but humans as well, but from where we sit and obviously on this side of the the ocean as well, a long way from you, Elizabeth, what could we be doing to kind of be allies and advocates and, and supporters of you and, and your your message for us to sort of help you build the community and for us to build a community of better, more mindful surfers?
2: You know, I think you said it. I think that um, when I started Curvy Surfer Girl, I came in the space that I cannot truly influence anyone else. All I can do is be an example of what's true for me. And that's how I lead my movement with myself. I talk about my feelings, my experiences, my fears, insecurities, And everything that happens around me and in my life, I even talk about my past because many of us share similarities of childhoods and traumatic experiences. I talk about my autoimmune disease because I know when I use myself as an example, other women and men and people will be able to have some of those shared experiences, which will build an authentic, genuine connection to us. Right. And so I think as long as you two keep using your platform the way you do and you talk about, you know, like I've been surfing for 20 years and yesterday I completed that amazing bottom turn and Mm. you keep going through those Mm. hard conversations. I mean, it's not easy to reveal our vulnerabilities to people, but ultimately it's the door that opens the connection for all of us. And I think the more people can do that on a very honest and real level, the less people will feel intimidated and isolated in the surf culture and community. So that's what I do. That's how I lead my movement. I think you guys are doing something quite similar.
1: Absolutely, love that. Yeah, amen to that. Superb. And I think that's it, isn't it? It's just how authenticity sometimes, trying to be real, takes so much personally, removal of a shield that's been built up over years of you have to be a certain way you have to say a certain thing the ego gets in the way the image gets in the way the duality of you know even in surfing being a surfer and having a job all of this stuff comes together to sort of prevent you finding your own true voice but once you do and that's what we're trying to say to everybody then good things will come from that because only good things can come if your intentions are great and your heart's in the right place
2: Yeah, I totally agree. I love that's why I loved what you guys were doing. When I saw the mindful surfer, I'm like, oh, this is a whole vibe for me right now. I'm like, Mm -hmm. we gotta talk about cosmic mysteries and surfing and like all these abstract (laughs) vibes and the realness of surfing and the real surfers telling real surfer stories yes i'm like yeah that's a whole vibe for me i'm like you know subscribe (laughs) I i think what you're doing is already working you know like i did it with women like me that's where i started i'm like hey if you're curvy like me like check out me surfing, you know? And then it worked, right? Like other women are like, look, hey, I'm curvy too. I'm curvy, you know? And we just keep popping up like little hogs. Yeah. Um, and then
1: you get the thank yous from them then saying, thank you for showing, you know, for giving them the confidence right. really to do it. And that's yeah, powerful. Yeah, exactly.
2: Cause that's another thing. I've noticed like a lot of women, even women that aren't as curvy as I am, they mm. have a serious issue with sharing their images of surfing because there's, you know, so much subliminal brainwashing that's happened like if you don't surf looking like carissa Moore or whoever john john you can't show yourself surfing much less you know you have thicker thighs or something going on Hmm. and um that has like seeing me in images surfing is giving women that psychological permission to be like hey if kirby surfer girl's doing it she's being loved and welcomed and celebrated doing it then that gives me the psychological permission i need to do it so they just have to you know it's it's all these small victories that add up over time and when women see something is not going to be a detriment to them and they're part of that they can start accepting like i can now start showing myself and revealing me surfing and talk about my experiences in the water. Whereas before there wasn't anybody doing that. And they didn't feel like they had permission to be in those spaces and sharing those photos as much as they do now
1: yeah absolutely Love that. so i could sit and talk to you here elizabeth all evening in fact i could do a series of these
0: and, uh... i feel like listen Elizabeth. Yeah. i gotta be dead honest with you you were you were mid-sentence a second ago yeah. and I, th- I in my head it flashed very quickly and only quickly because mostly i'm listening to you i promise and it was because i was so enthralled what you're saying i was thinking fuck man we have got to have elizabeth on not only again but we got to break this into two parts or something yeah, yeah. and maybe do a series i mean this is the we should just make our show about it let's, yeah, yeah. let's be honest you got so Stop much of, it,
2: guys as, i to bottle you up and take you with me <laughs> it's
0: but the difference is I mean, I mean i mean it's really genuine the difference is you do the the thing you do the presenting of yourself in such a great way because for me it's because you're balanced and the balance is you're bringing a message that is really important and it's grounded and it's deep and it's honest and it's vulnerable you're doing it at the same time with the truth of lightness mm. and you're not weighing people down mm. with the vulnerability aspect because vulnerability of course is absolutely essential mm. it is unbelievably yeah. so but you're balancing it so there's that lovely feel to it which is the there's the honesty there and the vulnerability there but there's the humor there the lightheartedness as well and for me yeah. i think that's the ultimate spiritual uh, message, um, yeah, <laughs> is true wisdom. Is stay light, but also be deep. True wisdom. <laughs> oh <And> my <laughs>
2: gosh, you guys, that's so <laughs> sweet. No one's like ever said something like that to me. That's so beautiful. Yeah. I know. I, sometimes I get worried about it. I'm like, one day I'm talking about being a foster kid growing up in the ghetto, yeah. and the next day I'm like doing the wop on my surfboard. <laughs> you know? it's like, have one spectrum or another. <laughs> yeah. But that's it um, because
1: it's real and it's, and that's why it's good because it gives people permission to be all of those things. And that's what being a human with wisdom is all about. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well,
2: that's what I hope people gather from it. You know, like I'm not trying to get like sympathy likes or anything out of saying Mm. that it's what I really am hoping when I do share those more traumatic experiences of my life is that there is a teenager out there that's idolizing Kirby surfer girl, which it's very hard to say that out loud. But I know that people keep telling me that I'm their idol, hero, whatever. Mm. So I'm trying to kind of consciously be aware of that power structure in people's minds because it's very different from where I was, which was just, you know, like on the same level as everyone else. Now there's this little bit of a celebrity factor which starts amplifying people more. And so whenever I do post about those more traumatic experiences, my goal is that there's a woman, a man, a teenager out there that's like, you know, I've hated myself because of all of the abuse or trauma or whatever. And I have never had a role model that transcended that self-hatred that stemmed from a very dysfunctional place. Mm. And I want people to see a successful individual that transcended all of that so that it's an example and a template for how other people can do the same, right? Mm. Because it's really hard when you come from these places of poverty and trauma. It's really hard when you come from those spaces and you don't have role models as the the light at the end of the tunnel. Like, Mm. I didn't really have any role models going through foster care and being Mm. abused every day. Like, nobody was telling me, you know, suicide's not the answer to your problems. Like, Mm. you're gonna make it out and you can be your own curvy surfer Mm. girl and you can have this joy and lightness and love about you and you will attract healthy, happy, normal humans, right? Mm. Like, I didn't have that as a kid. I was in Mm. these very dark spaces shunned away from society. Mm. And so when I talk about that, that's my ultimate goal is for someone else to see that relate with something that's happened to them and say, you know what, she's right. Like, I have enough strength and vision to come out of that as a whole person. Mm, And a lot of times those experiences give you the wisdom and strength to do things that maybe someone in a more stable environment wouldn't have, you know, available to their consciousness.
0: Mm. Just to round things off, Elizabeth, do do you have any um, sort of parting words for the surfing world that you wanna you wanna yes. leave like a parting yes, sentence? Do, Come on, hit us, hit us.
2: We are going to have a line of curvy surfer surfboards. So, so we so
0: amazing! We are
2: creating that, guys. Like in the entire history of surfing, we are creating a series of surfboards for this specific demographic. Nice. And I mean, we are. I've got a hand shaper. And we're going through the whole process from start to finish. We are um, asking women for their height and weight in this demographic so that we can like science the shit out of this. (laughs) And there's going to be a badass surfboard for any kind of woman at you know, the beginning to intermediate level stages of surfing, because obviously once you exceed past intermediate, you're probably already going to get custom boards. So we're going to be creating them for the beginner to intermediate surfer. Probably going to have about three surfboards we're starting to manufacture. They're going to be cute, classy, sophisticated, fun, and most importantly, practical for women in this demographic. And that's never been done before. So we're doing it
0: where are people going to find this to offer the people where we can well where they can find you listening to this but also where they can find the board
2: yeah so the boards are in the research and development production stages right now of Mm -hmm. course as you guys follow along you're going to see me going crazy when we get our first like prototype board and i'm out there surfing it can't wait to see Uh, i mean i'm sure it's probably going to take a couple tries like anything to get it right so i'll probably go through i don't know two or three for surfboards making sure we get it just right um but you can always reach out to me on instagram i check all my messages every day i try to respond to every single comment i love my audience i love connecting with you guys like i am an accessible person you know what i mean like what you see is what you get so i'm the same person in the dms that i am on the IGTV and stories like it's just me (laughs)
1: <laughs> true true mindful love surfer love that and we hope that we can speak again because this has been the quickest sort of you know hour of uh, chat that we've done on on our sort of initial journey so far because we also need to hit you up for some uh, social media tips and advice at some point in future yeah. as well <laughs> oh
2: totally dude like i'm so down to get like the mindful surfer podcast straight to the top and there's so <laughs> many cool women and guys you know like to chat with about surfing like I want to hear some more crazy cool cosmic out of this world stories like I was surfing a wave and then all of a sudden an eagle swooped in you
1: know what I mean like I want those stories we'll um, run. we'll like, try we'll where try where are those like... at <laughs> we'll get there but you thanks gotta so... find
2: them okay because I'm so about that like I want the mysticism and magic where is where are those stories <laughs>
1: we're, we're, we will endeavor to sprinkle a little bit of that along our path as we go so uh but thanks so much Elizabeth you've been a, a dream again guest and a real Aww. mindful surfer so thanks, thanks so much uh, let's hope this is just the start of the conversation
2: please i mean welcome me back anytime guys and maybe we can even do like an igtv live online you know where we can chat and i can even ask you guys some questions about your surfing journeys
1: yes that's it well we're Love neither that. we're neither cute sophisticated or kind of interesting which i think was the criteria you, for the Kirby, service. you are the classic surfer <laughs>
2: dude like yeah bro cuckoo, <laughs> you. you know it's great
1: okay well listen enjoy the rest of your day and sunshine no doubt that you have over there and we'll um, yes We'll go back There's to going our, to be a
2: full moon surfing session in order this evening. So that Ooh. is what I am Ooh, crazy stoked nice. about right now.
1: Yes. epic. Well.
2: So, all right, guys. Thank you so much for having me. Take care. Bye-bye. All right. Bye. bye.
0: Really, really cool person. Such a balanced human being. And I mean that in the sense of serious stuff being talked about at the same time keeping things very 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 light and that there's a lovely quote by Gretchen Rubin which is uh, it's easy to be heavy and it's hard to be light and it's because life can put us down and make us feel heavy so to remain light within that is a genuine skill and it's something to be grateful for because there are people in this world who bring that positive spirit and that we, we love that so how did you find it dude what's your
1: totally the same in that for, for particularly that angle that the ability to where truth and lightness and vulnerability all together and to to kind of to be able to sort of articulate it so well without that kind of you know heaviness if you like mm. and there are heavy topics we talk about this for the for the show in terms of you know wearing things like mindfulness or self-help with a smile and a light touch even for serious topics because life is so serious there's a lot of struggle and people go through a lot of hardship and to acknowledge that but to also bring a brightness and and a light touch to that it's almost our only uh, true defense in a way, isn't it? To kind of bring kind of light touch to some of the darkest topics and to try and sort of shine that light on it. And I think uh, Elizabeth does that very,
0: very well. I completely agree. And there's an example I want to draw upon that actually, which is she, like all of us, would would find, ourselves, find herself in the lineup dealing with other surfers. And that's one of the most challenging aspects of surfing. Amongst all of that, you've got this kind of balance between openness and kindness and friendliness. And on the other side, assertiveness and being, you know, setting boundaries, shall we say to your safety zone as well as your your emotional uh, zones as well and all these things and it was really cool to hear that story about how um basically how pissed off she was that that stand-up paddler had, had ridden into her had dropped in on her and it all it all gone a bit wrong and it really actually almost could have been really serious for her I think yeah. described the story like like dr- near drown and stuff so that was really really nice to hear because as you and I have discussed mate you know mindfulness can get this thing of like oh just be you know hippie and laid back and just chill out man you know don't you know don't rock the vibes and be, and it's like, what? That's that's bullshit. You know, there are times where you got to set a boundary. Say no. Now, however you say no is up to you, but sometimes that can be fuck off, right? Yeah. You know, and, and that's okay. That's just as mindful as anything else. In fact, that's, that's even more mindful because now you're realising that it's okay to be yourself. It's
1: being yourself. And that always comes up actually in conversation is that uh, kindness and mindfulness doesn't equate to passivity from a kind of being a pushover point of view just doesn't equate because uh, it's that kind of, exactly on the theme of surfing an ocean, it's, it's be more water, isn't it? Water is a very kind of fluid passage, as Bruce Lee uh, talked about, and there's a very much kind of Zen philosophy here of be water-like. But water is also kind of incredibly powerful force as well when it chooses to be, and when the conditions uh, are right. So this kind of idea that you're just going to be a, a, a pushover because you're into insert whatever kind of kindness or, or, or spirituality or mindfulness there, uh, it doesn't have to be. And, and there is a time when all human beings of all stripes if they're speaking the truth have to stand up and, and be heard and be counted
0: i totally agree i've got a story i can share on that i was um surfing in sri lanka and uh consistently this couple would come into the spot we were surfing um classic reef break with a reasonably tight takeoff spot that shifted a little but mostly pretty tight so let's say you can have anything between three and five people on that shifting peak anything more you're going to need to really wait your turn and sit way outside the pack and kind of just drift in gradually and find your way into the pack and just just do it you know mindfully as you'd hope right so they would come on time it was like clockwork so we'd be in for the dawny six o'clock bagging waves, so much fun like those dawnies when just the sun is rising up and it's warm water and you're just busting these little turns and the water's like green turquoise you see the reef underneath your feet and just god who does not want that in their surfing life and just with a couple of pals too because it's so early i really like doing that super Mm. super dawny when it's like kind of like pretty much black when you're going in. Scary as well because you're thinking "Hmm, could be sharks, (laughs) but um they would always turn up. It was like on time. They'd had their breakfast, lazy lazy breakfast, and this couple would make their way in and just go straight to the lineup. Just go straight to the peak and sit on the tightest part of the peak for the best set wave, and the set wave would come and they'd take it paddle back round and. I'm sat there thinking, right, it's it's, it's my turn. And I would sort of drift towards the peak. Um, And I could be as assertive, maybe even slightly aggressive as much as anyone. And I know that's a fault of mine, a flaw of mine. And I work on it. I'm much more mindful today than I was before, even though Liam's probably looking at me thinking, you're a liar. I don't know. (laughs) But um, it's this thing where, no, no, I'm being genuinely courteous and and I'm I'm sitting waiting my turn. The couple, in particular the lady um, out of the two of them, would just go straight past me. Um, to the peak, straight up. And I'm thinking, nah, nah, she won't go for the, the set wave. Cause it's just obvious that it's not her set wave to be, to be, this is snaking. This is the expression. If you're listening to this and wondering what that term is, is what she's doing or what they were both doing roughly. Cause he would do it too. Uh, it's called snaking. It's where you snake like a snake. It's very, very slimy, very slithery past the other surfers who are waiting on the peak. Cause it kind of looks like it's not dropping in. Cause then you're on the peak and well, it's now it's my wave. Well, of course it's not because you haven't actually waited your turn. Now this is one of the main rules of surfing. Of course it doesn't get adhered to perfectly because we're in the bloody ocean, so let's let's give a bit of wiggle room as well. Um it just kept doing it over and over and over and over again. And eventually I said I said excuse me. I said yes. And she had this accent. And I was like, you, uh, do you understand? And I, I put on this, I don't know why I put on this voice, but I put on this strange, you know, accent to match her accent. And whatever. Do you know you were, uh, you, uh, this is French maybe? You you, a uh, snake? Do you know that? And she's like holding her arms in the air like, what? I don't know what you're talking to." like this. I'm like, don't give me that. And I'm shaking my head like, don't give me that. I said, do you understand the word bullshit? Because I'm doing this like snake thing with my hand. And she's like, Ooh. and and the thing is, is I really had to draw the line because it happened day after day after day. I'd waited four days of her doing this. Most people wouldn't wouldn't have waited 10 minutes. No. And I waited four days and, and I just like, nah, no way. Even though I've been in for an hour and a half and, and, and had this early dawn, it doesn't make it any better or worse that someone then is then going and doing that, no matter how many waves someone has had already. It's just not courteous. and then um, it worked they didn't do it again and it was fine and she just would go to the back of the peak and do you know what she might not have even known.
1: Well, that's a big thing, isn't it?
0: It's, that it was a rule. Sometimes you
1: know? it's a rule. And and, and, and as uh, Elizabeth was saying, you know, you have to at times be, you know, you're calling people out for or, or educating them. And that was another great thing that came out of it was that, you know, there's an education piece. And that's why humans try and get away with stuff, you know, and they know the rules but break the rules. That's a human condition as well, isn't it? If, if, if often they can get away with it or we can get away with it. I think I'm a human as well, last time I looked. I think so, yeah, just about. Yeah, And um, it's a funny one in surfing, because there's an expectation that everybody knows the rules, but they don't always. And the reason they don't always know the rules, and and this came out of the chat we had as well, and I, I'm a big advocate of this, is because they've never sought out someone who can help them Learn the rules, but not just from the etiquette perspective, because that's a long, that takes time to get to that point sometimes where you're really kind of putting that into practice and you still get it wrong. Everybody, everybody fails at that sometimes, but it's more around guidance of progression. We know that. How, how do you progress from not being able to stand up, surf or whatever it is to being able to surf? And then as you do that, how do you get to know the uh, conditions of the sea and the ocean? How do you best choose the equipment? for yourself how do you know when to go in and when not to go in Uh, how do you respect the parameters of uh, what is your safety zone but also the safety zone of others around you because you know Elizabeth knows the rules and she's there surfing and doing the right thing but somebody else not doing or or not adhering to them is a danger then to her so it starts to kind of infringe on her safety zone as well and all this stuff comes into play so you know we and part of the conversation we had just now was about this kind of open arms allowing people if you like to be encouraged to come into to this great surf world and adult beginners get a lot of shit on online now as well, don't they? We talk about this every week with John Wayne Freeman and the, and and sort of har- harassing the Wavestorm crew. But it's it's because there's a serious point in there, and we're making it too. That although we're very encouraging of people to go and use the ocean, and a large proportion of our listeners are those kind of improvers, there is an element that says get to know the conditions and the rules and where you should go and where you shouldn't go first, uh, and maybe the most crowded spot. If you're a beginner surfer, in fact, not maybe, always, always the most crowded spot if you're a beginner surfer is probably one of the most dangerous parts of the ocean you can go in at. But most of the time, people, particularly if they haven't got a coach or they're not being taken in by someone who knows what they're doing a little bit more, Mm -hmm. who's had more practice and understands the conditions, they go straight for that spot because they think it's safer because that's where everybody is. So that is a theme that keeps coming up for us, right? When we're talking Mm -hmm. about welcoming and and, and coaching people and getting everybody to sort of enjoy the, the benefits of vitamin C. Just be aware of who can help you through those safety gears that you need to go through at each stage of your progression.
0: I agree. And going back to our point about being assertive, I think it's important to be assertive with a certain person who may be taking you into stuff that you don't w- want to go into. Now, we've relayed a lot of stories, <laughs> hey, Liam, yes. Liam, That's why I'm looking at you, will. Liam, Liam, I was just going to say it, and now you're looking at me, right? <laughs> you know, we've got this running joke that, that, you know, I didn't quite kill Liam, but, you know, maybe I will another time. But it's this thing where you wouldn't go in if you really knew deep down, no way. But the thing is, and I want to raise this, I think the, truly, the, we can talk about getting help, and, and, of course, and of course, well, in a sense, you're in a, in a very pseudo fashion, you have done that, because I've been in much bigger waves and taking you in those waves. And there's more experience so if I can sort of gauge things for you based on what I believe is your level of strength, ability, etc., etc. And here's an interesting one on that is actually that your fitness does dictate and allow you to go out in some pretty huge stuff, right? Well, I mean, let's, let's put that it's, as a- it, But it's a mental thing. Now, this is what's really interesting yes. because it's whether or not it's not a whether or not where you can get out there because physically you're able to. And so I'm sure a lot of people listening to this are the same. And in fact, I can think and recall of quite a few friends who even surf in our hometown now, who are in that... And you're not at all in that pure beginner realm, in that intermediate realm, but who are in the real beginner realm, who are very, very fit, who can just get out in some quite big stuff. So the question then becomes, is that unsafe to people getting out in bigger waves where they maybe shouldn't be in those waves? Well, the thing with that is, there's a lot of nuance in that. If you fall off a wave unless you're really unlucky or surfing like literally fucking cloud break at triple overhead generally what happens is you fall off and you spin around and you pop back up okay and if you get really unlucky on just like a normal beach break that's that's big you'll get held down for a little bit but you'll never ever get what we call a a sort of serious situation two-wave hold down two-wave hold down can drown people even very experienced surfers so looking at let's say if it is a 15 second period swell even it's a very high period swell very very powerful If you got held down for more than 15 seconds, I would be shocked. And it doesn't even happen at Nazare, that long a hold down. So it's very, very, very unlikely you're going to get held down for longer than what you physically are capable of of doing. The implication is not necessarily physical, I believe, on this whole point of safety zone. But I think it becomes more about what it will do to trigger parts of your mind... That you don't want triggering because it may put you off going yeah. in the surf again. It's mentally what it does. Me- mentals are more than men- it's. Mentals a
1: big thing if you have a bad experience. The other thing, just to kind of add on this, this is me putting my swim kind of nipper coach hat on when I'm sort of working with surf lifesaving because I, you know, I'm fortunate that I am a strong swimmer. I, you know, I'll be confident in that, and I I train the kind of. Very young kids here as a sort of beginner coach with, um, surf life saving. But sometimes it's that knowledge that is important because you can assess when something is too much for you. So you can kind of say, well, actually, I'm not comfortable with those conditions. And anybody that's coming into it that is inexperienced with the, with the sea and they don't understand the power of the ocean as a whole I think that's where the danger zone lies because you can very e- easily overestimate your abilities mm-hmm. not knowing how powerful that thing is and it happens even to experienced people you know we, we've all done it you know I've got in the wrong place and, and ended up sort of on the, on the rocks and that sort of thing but usually you've got the kind of it's not too gnarly the ability to get yourself out of that danger if you underestimate how powerful it is and overestimate your abilities and you're not fitted enough or you don't have the expertise once you're in it's a it is a dangerous place to be because as you say panic then because then when you realize you panic and when you panic the mind takes over and that's people people drown so when we talk about safety zones there is no such thing as ultimate safety because the sea is she's a cruel mistress isn't she for to quote the old sailors and it's a it can be a it can be a, a kind of a Very, very dangerous place to be. But the rewards are high enough for it to be worth the
0: risk. Totally. And and what's beautiful about entering into what we call real life risk management, certainly from a young age especially, is you can then gauge real risk. And you're not then, you know deep into your iphone of, of social media of this fake version of risk yeah that your ego is being made vulnerable to, to comparison and who said what about you this and what what you know what do they think about you there and, and dot 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 this very 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 fake world of risk when you go into real risk because it's so visceral it really helps you understand what it really means to be alive because that feeling of aliveness comes almost hand in hand with being a bit closer to death. You kind of the inextricably linked. And it's not to say that, you know, you're nearly dying every time you go surfing, but of course, by the very nature of you going in the ocean, you're putting your life at risk. It's just inevitable because it's just the way it goes. And it's just about making sure that you do two things. One, mitigate it, obviously, like we're talking about, safety zones and getting help and gauging the ocean conditions and really sort of taking a very measured approach, always practicing caution where possible and then throwing caution to the wind. And then the second bit is that you accept the inevitable risk rather than try and sort of fight with it it's it's accepting that you're going to get nervous and the thing about nerves is that they're good for you they're there to arouse you and get you and we talked about arousal last week not that kind of arousal Liam I know you're looking at me thinking
1: but at least you've got your top I, on at least you've got at least at, at least you've got his
0: clothes on at this at least I have my clothes on this week but it's this thing where it gets you ready gets you in the moment it gets you alert it gets you focused so rather than we try and shun that feeling of fear we actually want some of that we, yeah. we want a fair bit of it in fact it gives you energy. It gives you adrenaline. So, so it's kind of um, accepting that risk and also embracing fear, yeah, as well. It's a good feeling,
1: isn't it? I, I always get nervous before a surf. Yeah, but the anticipation—the closer you get to the to the beach,
0: yeah,
1: it it's starts to build up, doesn't it?
0: Toe, that's a good sign. So, I think it it's is. saying,
1: know the limits, test them, but test them with the yeah. right. test them with people who can help you through them as well. People's the big one. People surround yourself with great coaches, good mentors.
0: Right. I just want to mention something on the curvy girl. Curvy girl, lovely Elizabeth, one of the most beautiful human beings on the inside and out that I've encountered. Just such a great interview. Her, So much of her ethos is about embracing your, your body shape and absolutely more than anything else. I've been a personal trainer and a mindfulness coach for 15 years. And if there's one thing that I want more than anything... It's for someone to embrace that. And, and uh, you know, I would way, way, way rather someone was overweight and happy than absolutely athletic, shredded, you name it, and miserable. There it absolutely goes without saying that happiness, inner peace, tranquility, self-acceptance, peace with oneself is vastly, vastly more important than aesthetics. Where I want to bring a ba- bit of balance to what I'm saying here is when I'm helping someone physically, let's say do chin-ups. So use that as an example. Because it relates to surfing, because of course, surfing is, is strength and power and, and, and endurance, okay? We're on a 10-week program, and they can do one chin-up at the beginning of the program. They're carrying, let's say, three stone, I don't know, let's say 20 kilos of excess body fat. We could get them to get stronger in that process and maybe get to a second rep or a third rep even by the end of 10 weeks. Or we could not do a single chin-up. If they trim down two or three stone in that 10-week process, they could probably do five to eight reps By the time they come back. And that's just because of the pure physics of lifting man it's called what we call lifting body strength to weight ratio management. And the lighter you are to the comparative to the ratio of level of strength that you are, the better off you're gonna be athletically because it's just getting off the floor. It's like doing a burpee. You what do you gotta do when you snap on a surfboard? It's a powerful fast action. And the quicker you do it, the quicker you can make that first section under the lip. Maybe the quicker you can backdoor a barrel, the faster you can get your feet in the sweet spot on the surfboard and dot, 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 dot. And that's just one example uh, of a snap, let alone cutbacks, let alone paddling around the ocean and da, 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 da. So really where I'm going with, with this and my point, my insight is it comes back to authenticity. There isn't any one right diet for someone. There isn't any one right fitness regime for someone. And there isn't any one right way of being in body shape. For someone, in particular, obviously a surfer, there isn't any one right way at all except the one that you know for yourself. Yes, true. And for me, if I put on a kilo or two, I don't like it, but that's for me to work out. And I then rain back the calories and I feel lighter and that makes me feel happier when I go on my surfboard. Does it mean that I can then stare at my abs in the mirror? No. Am I also a very natural and vain human being at the same time, which is very natural and normal of course yes yeah, so i want so i want to look good as well it's not my obsession my obsession is feeling good and feeling athletic i love that light feeling of power and strength that's just me and the thing is that still at the heart of everything i'm saying here is that it's still so much more important that i love myself no matter what shape i'm in than the shape i'm in and that's still the deepest message except that there's that next message on which is look if you feel like you need to move on from the beer and the crisps and the pizzas and the, and, the, and the sweets and all these things because you want to feel healthier and lighter and fitter and easy, then do it. And don't feel like, you know, if people are going to think that that's, oh, you know, he or she is, you know, super healthy now and obsessed with the way they look. Listen, let people think what the fuck they want to think. You know, people probably think that I'm a, an obsessive and I'm just obsessed with my body and all this. Da, 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 da. They can think what the fuck they want. The only person that can know how I feel is me.
1: Do it for yourself. That's where it should start from. How does it make you feel? It's a bit like we talked regarding... What's surfing anyway? You know, it's really how it makes you feel, not firstly how it looks. I think that was a takeout for me. I mean, a, they're good points because, you know, we, I, I've, I've improved because of the uh, some of the tweaks I've made. But I still get a great deal of enjoyment as anybody that's listened to this from the beginning will know, out of a cold beer and some t- occasional bag or two of Doritos chili heatwave, if they ever <laughs> want to send me a, a, a low-carb it's, version.
0: It's so specific. <laughs>
1: <laughs> there are other crisps available. But I, I think a, the, the serious point here is that it's interesting when we talk about surf stereotypes, because, you know, the pinnacle of that sort of beach boy culture of what, what a surfer looks like is ridiculous, isn't it? Because, uh, firstly surfing is accessible to every single person on the planet that can get a board and to the ocean. That doesn't mean everybody, but that means that surfers come in as many uh, shapes, sizes, dimensions, nationalities, persuasions that you can think of because we're all humans and uh you don't have to be 1980s insert surf brand billabong rip curl whoever quicksilver surf image and sadly some of them still today pushing that image but less and less that that's not what a surfer looks like and often a lot of those people were models as well but sadly particularly the kind of um the female models that they used weren't surfers so it's kind of like don't think that you can't surf because you don't look like the image of a Surfer, because there's no such thing. In the same way that there's no such thing for anything. We're just human beings giving our best. And particularly for, as John Wayne Freeman said, to kind of puncture the absurdity of it all, and particularly in reference to men, we're just men in, in rubber dancing for each other on the waves. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. it. doesn't matter what you look like. So true. So, so true. just get the feeling, whatever, wherever you are and, and whatever you think you should look like or you, th- you who, who you think you should be, just be content with what you, who you are and where you're at.
0: I totally agree, dude. The, also, going back to it all being about the feeling, the foods that you eat and how you live that life and you know, what time you go to bed and hydration and exercise and deep breathing and you know, how you uh, manage your thoughts, the list goes on and on. It comes back to this thing we call feeling. Like, How does your body feel in, in the day-to-day? And that has so little, in fact, it always has nothing really to do with body fat. It just so happens that what society does is say, if you're fatter, then you're not healthy. And if you're leaner, then you're healthy. And there's so, so much more that goes into health than the shape that you're in. And it's, it's, it's intriguing as well as it is humbling, even to the spiritual degree of how one sees oneself. Now, if you think that health is your shape, and yet that person who's in that shape still doesn't like who they are, well, what the hell is health? really right because health starts in the mind and the heart and then it goes to the body so damn right dude everything you're saying there i completely agree with because surfing is for anyone more the point that i was saying was that on a completely feel based not static although we're all human and and let me mention that too because that's really important like fucking hell i mean do i want to look in good shape hell yeah and that's okay like who doesn't want to look the best I think, it, I think that's okay. Like we, 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 we've we become so woke in society today that we, some people almost, oh, I shouldn't, I shouldn't say that I want to, I want to have abs. That's really shallow. That's no, no, it's all about self-acceptance. Whoa, 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 whoa. Well, what is a part of that self-acceptance then? It's being able to embrace the part of you that is a peacock. That is self-acceptance. <laughs> you know, you're accepting that you're human. And that you want to look good. And that's okay. You're not rejecting it. Because, again, it's like this thing we talked about before, which is that to be holier than now is to wear the right robes and drive a crappy car and, you know, make sure you just eat lentils and, no. and don't touch meat and stuff. But, again, that's, that's nonsense. You know, there's no way of being spiritual, you know. The person who let me in about an hour and a half before our show today in the traffic, I was going to mention this, who was driving a Lambo. I haven't seen a Lambo in Simmouth ever.
1: That's a Lamborghini for anybody. Full Lamborghini yeah.
0: deal. 100 grand car, maybe more. Mm. And he was kind of coming to this bit, and I was pulling to this bit, da-da-da, and, and he just flash-flashed to let me in. No one else would let me in. Now, if that isn't a mindful spiritual act, I don't know what it is. Now, it's coming from a, a car that wouldn't be assumed to have a driver within it that would be a spiritual, mindful human being, because we have these kind of snap judgments we make about people. Oh, you know, someone's into money, then obviously they're not spiritual, which is fucking ridiculous. Well, it's this There's-
1: idea that there are people out there without, let's call it we'll go biblical here, but this, like, without sin... It is that whole thing about let he who is without sin cast the first stone, right? No, one, that's perfect teaching because uh, I'm not I'm particularly religious. I'm just quoting, you know, whoever lives in glass houses shouldn't throw stones. Let's, mm. let's use that. Yeah, but
0: there's uh, loads of good questions from the
1: Bible. And, stuff. and it's it's true because no one's free of any of this stuff. And that's why we're talking about it because we be, wouldn't be human if we were. And there's all that nuance rolled into it and the duality and the contradictions and all of that stuff. And actually beware. i <laughs> be careful saying this. Beware what are you going to say, dude? Well, well, be- I'm going to. Are we going to talk about fingers? No, I'm. Oh, gonna t- I'm, I'm. I'm going to tie. I'm going to tie it in here this again. <laughs> you always. I'm going to see. It. But be- be- beware those people who wear any of their labels too seriously. I keep saying this, whatever it is, because there's judgment wrapped up in that, and it's very much eager, you know. So if you're wearing that deep spiritual, that woke label so heavily, then you're you're squeezing out. Any room for nuance and humanity and forgiveness and acceptance and all of those things, that happens so much now. It's the squeezing out of any kind of area of discussion or or, or kind of nuance that exists. So there is duality. Some of the people that you think are very, like you're talking about, not very mindful, might have a very open mind when you really actually have a conversation, when you actually listen to the what they believe or how they believe it, not again, a marketed version of what somebody wants uh, Instagram or wants the world to think that they are. And that comes back to, again, wearing a cloak of a label so heavily that you can't see the lightness in life.
0: Beautiful, dude. It's like this kind of perfect mindful surfer. Yeah. Doesn't exist.
1: No, even though we're called
0: the show The Mindful Surfer. Even though it's called that, the very nature of this show is the good enough mindful surfer. The mindful surfer, by his or her very nature, is going, oh, yeah, no, I can paddle around people sometimes i can get pissed off with surfers in the lineup sometimes i can drop in sometimes if you're gonna sit and tell me you're the perfect example of a surfer in and out of the lineup then you're lying and it's this thing where if we all had a video reel of our imperfect moments in the surf we would be humbled and startled by our ego yeah by our unconscious ways yeah our paddling around people i mean yikes there's me telling that story about that girl who was, who was snaking is, I've snaked people. You do it to me every it, do, week. Do it regularly. And I laugh about it because I know it's something that I do, but I'm also working on it. It's not like I, I then do it and go, it, I know it's not an issue. It's, it's like a, you do it, but you kind of go, yeah, yeah, I, I know I don't want to do that. You, know you, said,
1: you know, you said but- Al's keeping that book about uh, things that you, <laughs> yeah, that, you <laughs> that, that, that she's owed back. I've got a book, very similar size of uh, Times Will's dropped in, but I'm there's a few catch-ups
0: on there. Well, that's why I take you into bigger ways because when I take you into bigger ways, I kind of know. I'm like, well, I'll take Liam out there. I'll sit next to him. And paddle and for the same I generally ways. know, yeah, he'll pull out. So I yeah. can just sort of go. But having said that, There've been quite a few times recently where I'm. I went for one the other I day. I Caught you up
1: the other day. I went for one you, the other you day. You thought you were going to be faster.
0: I it was it was a real good moment because it was really like fuck man you are getting better. That we, we we were both going for this wave. I was quite far down the line. In fact, a fair bit down the line. Fifty meters. And it's probably it's probably like ten meters. But I, I felt like I was fifty meters down the line. You were up the line in obviously the takeoff spot. You know your wave. <laughs> I'm seeing like a load of white water to my left. This is a right hander. Loads of whitewash wash. Oh, ah, now no way. Now I ain't going to foam climb that. He, he can't he can't really do floaters yet. He's cool he's getting there but he, nah it's no big deal I took off and I'm pumping down the line and I went to cut back and I'm coming around the corner and fucking lo and behold get off my wave you fucking can't get off my wave I'm like what where's he come from whoosh, 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 down the line yeah. spray in my face like, yeah through the fins into my face well two middle you know, middle finger then two fingers and then you bloody
1: that's a hundred times to four I'm catching <laughs> up it such <laughs> an exaggeration anyway right we nice sh- one guys yeah been a good long show. Hope you've enjoyed it. We wanted to make it longer because. We didn't want to cut anything out of Elizabeth's chat. It was just so much of what we stand for. And we had a blast chatting. Yeah. So uh, thank you to Elizabeth. Thank you, Elizabeth. Thank you to everybody listening. And uh, we'll see you again next week. Nice one. Cheers, guys. Bye.